Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey everybody, welcome to Unlocking the Magic. Today we have a very special podcast for you. We are going to unlock Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. I have to say we've been thinking about doing this particular podcast episode for about a year and a half. It's been about since the day we even conceived doing a podcast episode. I feel like we have been talking about this prior to our very first show. Yes, this is episode number 140 of the show. Welcome to Unlocking the Magic, the podcast. It's about Disney, Disney history. We unlock some retractions, the history behind it. From a family perspective. You sound so pro- professional. I was trying to sound professional. There. <laughs> I got really like sidetracked a little because I was thinking, who is this guy? Who is he trying to be here? You could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You should also check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash unlocking the magic, because there we go live every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time and put on a live version of this podcast. Very unscripted, very live <laughs> that's the only way to describe it truly but lots of fun it is fun i like the interaction that we get from the people who join us every monday night a lot of new people too joining us so thank you you guys yeah thanks a lot appreciate that and for all of you all of you that continuously join us thank you for welcoming the newbies <laughs> yes sometimes to we the, forget to to the dark side that's right. <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm excited to do this podcast episode i think the history of not just each attraction because those are unique and fun to talk about but the history of why we're doing this podcast and why we go to disney all the time is really the fun part of the show for me so i don't necessarily love doing research like sitting down and reading 47 articles and three books about a topic is not necessarily the thing that i like to do most i love to listen to audiobooks and podcasts like this but that's not bad though that's still research in my opinion it is but it's hard to sometimes, like, I, I multitask a lot. Oh, you do? Yes. So when I'm listening to something, sometimes I have to listen to that one particular thing 13 times in order for me to actually get it. It's all right. But I enjoyed doing some research for this one. We've been slightly obsessed with Oswald for a very long time. Since I can remember now, since 2010 is really when my passion for Oswald came about. I have many things. I have a stuffed animal that's Oswald. I have a lot of Oswald. I have like an Oswald collection. I didn't realize until we're recording this right now. There was actually something I learned that I had I never knew about doing the research for this podcast that we'll mention towards the end of the episode. Okay. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. When, does, when was the first time you heard of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? To be honest with you, the yes. first time I've Well, have... lie to me. No, don't be honest. Just lie. <laughs> to be, no lying to you here. I think you're going to be surprised or maybe other people are going to be surprised about this. But I, the first time I heard about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was back in 2010, that infamous trip that we took. I think that was the first time I did it as well. 
Really? I think I might have seen pictures or movies of Oswald, but in my brain, I thought it was maybe an early rendition of Mickey. Oh, maybe some people do think, like, now that you say that, that's really interesting. Like, before black I knew and white. You know, maybe, right? Like, that's how you... That's, like, what I registered as. Because if you look at, like, even if you look at old YouTube videos of Disneyland when it first opened, the in-person Mickey character looks really weird. (laughs) It's really weird? It does, doesn't it? It looks like the 20s, like how they drew cartoon characters. Yeah, maybe it does look like it was, like, in the 20s. But even though it was the 70s, so it makes it look extra weird? Yeah. But, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if you look back at that character, the the Mickey through evolution through time has changed dramatically from when it first came out. So in my brain, because I didn't know a lot about Disney at that time, so I think I just correlated that to, well, that's what Mickey looked like in the beginning. Even though it's a rabbit and it's a mouse, it's completely right. different. I didn't right. know any better. Right. I'm just thinking about how Mickey evolved, and this is going off topic, but because we're talking about Mickey well, now. Well, it's about but... the history. Like, the, yeah. It's not because... It is on topic because... Because it reminds you of him. (laughs) If it wasn't for Oswald, there would be no Mickey. Some do say that. You know, without Oswald getting... And let's get into it. Let's just get into it. Well, I want to first talk about... So I know we're unlocking Oswald, but this is unlocking the magic after all. And this is you and I. And I do want to share a little bit more in depth that that infamous trip that we always talk about. And, And part of me kind of wants to make this episode did you say it was episode 140 140 140 part of me wants to make this go back and make this episode number one because i feel like i can finally talk about this and share this and i sort of collected my thoughts about it and i'm excited to kind of share the story on the connection that i have with oswald and we we kind of briefly talked about this i think we may have when we did the um one man's dream episode where we talked about that attraction even though it's gone now i mean even it's still it's there gone. but it's not the same well i really feel like it should be number one because it really kind of describes how we got started with the podcast and i think that in many ways we can relate to walt disney and oswald and just a lot of the inf- unfortunate events that kept happening to walt disney and but he never he never he never gave up and that, I think, is the key takeaway to our philosophy and trying to share with our children. And hopefully you guys are sharing that with your kids. Like, I just feel like mindset really is everything. And there is truly anything is possible. It totally is. And we talked about that a few episodes ago where we had a little criticism. Not <laughs> little. of each other, but somebody else <laughs> criticized us. And not of each other for a change. Yeah. Somebody criticized us. And not criticized us, but gave us a bad review. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes... Not every idea you have is going to be great, and not everything that you're going to you're going to do is going to work out and pl- go according to the plan you have. But the one thing that Disney taught me, and Walt Disney taught me, is that you have to have that big goal, whatever that big goal is, and the big dream you have. And you're going to get little setbacks along the way, but no matter what those little small setbacks are, as long as you have that big goal, that big north star that you have, you have to keep moving towards that. I love it. These life lessons from unlocking the magic. Yeah, just don't like. <laughs> Do what your parents tell you to do and listen to me, but don't look at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really this infamous vacation escape, as I like to call it, you know, I know we talked about it. We've touched on it on the live show. We've talked about it before, but we really never really trickled in deep to it. And so I really feel like it's important because I think people need to hear why I'm sort of obsessed with Oswald. And then we'll talk about maybe some fun facts about Oswald. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So... 
this is the trip that really changed everything for Bruce and I. And this was way back in 2010. And we were sort of in this kind of financial situation where bill collectors were hounding us and it was really trying we never wanted to let on that anything was wrong we were always you know trying to keep positive but it was really weighing on us and I really feel like at a a point we were we were on the verge of a breakdown and so what many I guess might think was sort of reckless we sort of gathered whatever we could our travel points um, credits from things and tried to gather this money to take the kids on what we really thought was just going to be like this one escape. We would probably never be able to do it again. Right. Um, and just take them to Walt Disney World. Like, I know it sounds crazy because how did we do it? I mean, first of all, let me just tell you offhand, we didn't stay on property. I mean, it was very, very on the cheap. Right. <laughs> but it was, it def- was 10 years ago. And it was 10 years that. ago. Yes. Um, and I hadn't been to Walt Disney since, oh gosh, a while before then. And that other time wasn't really that special to me. And I have to say that when your kids are little, they eat much less than they do when they get older. <laughs> I know, right? Thinking about that now. Going, yeah. I know they tweet a lot. How do we, how do we change it that? It gets a little bit more pricey as they get older. <laughs> well, anyway, um, it was really during this vacation and this time that we really connected to Walt Disney and Walt Disney World. And so we, I remember vividly, we were there really, you know, trying to appreciate each and every moment that we had. But this particular vacation, so we, we went into the attraction that we just talked about that's no longer there. Well, the attraction's there, but the movie's not, which is right. the, the, the part oh, yeah, that we miss the most is the movie. Like, yes. You like going in there, but I well, feel kids, like people just whiz through it. That's my, Yes. And the kids call it a museum. This is, or they use it a place as a place to get out of the rain. <laughs> People, yeah. Um, the kids call it a museum, and it's the it's inside Hollywood Studios, and it's Walt Disney One Man's Dream. And what Bruce is talking about really is the the film of Walt Disney at the end, where now they play you know the latest movie that's up and coming. But in before you go into the film, you get to see a lot of Walt Disney artifacts and just really kind of tour and see the evolution of the Disney company, which is really cool. And I really wish and hope that a lot of you take the time to really appreciate that piece of Disney history. Well, that's why I like the movie so much, because it, it, it lets you sit there and absorb all of that in visual and audio. Yeah, Instead of like, having to go through each booth, booth, booth to read all those things, which is... Well, it's a great me. summarization towards yes. the end. Like, it's like, oh, I just saw that desk, you know, that, yep. you know. So it's pretty... It's and they pretty, used to have a whole replica of his office. I know. Which I they have that. in the Disney Museum now. I know. I miss Which, that. if you're listening to this, I'll link up that video in the show notes for this episode. You because promise. it is on YouTube. <laughs> it is. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we watched this film inside the theater, and it's narrated by Julie Andrews, who's amazing. And you can hear Walt Disney talking as well during certain clips of the film. And during this film, he talks about the beginning of all his business ventures, talks about his family, of course, and his upbringing. But he goes into his business ventures and really having gone through failure. And he says, he says it's important to have a good, hard failure when... You're young. It was at that moment tears began to pour down my face while watching this movie. I remember looking over at you, Bruce, and just kind of like, I think the kids were in between us and kind of, I didn't want them to see me crying, but I was just, all of a sudden, I just felt this like weight lifting off my shoulders thinking, oh my gosh, like I had no idea the struggle that Walt Disney had to go through 
and just kept on moving forward. I mean, he does, that's an infamous quote that you hear now, but really I don't think people understand that true meaning of all these hard failures that he had. And so... Yeah, that was the first time we actually heard the story of Walt Disney too. I think everybody, and maybe you're listening to this now and you've never heard the story. Maybe you're planning a trip on going there soon and you're doing a little bit of research and you stumbled upon this great podcast that you're just going to hit the subscribe (laughs) button right now too and share it with all your friends as well. Share with everybody. And, you know, you don't know the history of Walt Disney and how the company got started or why you're going to that theme park in Florida, where it all began from. And that was the first time for me, at least, that I heard bits and pieces, but I've I never heard the entire story before that. Like, I thought I knew Walt Disney World uh, was from what Disneyland first created, but I didn't know the whole backstory. Right. Like, you think of it as like a... When I thought Walt Disney started, he started with... A couple movies. I probably thought Cinderella was the first movie, yeah. not Snow White. And then he he created Disneyland, and then that went fantastically yeah, every- well. And then he's like, let's just do Florida now. It's, yeah, right. Everything's so rosy and awesome. Everything is all rosy. Like, he just became this, this really lucky man with all these successes. Yeah, that- like everything he touched turned to gold. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then I saw that movie, and I was like, wow. Yeah, it really changed everything for me, and I know YouTubers. And it really gave me this tremendous amount of hope. And... You know, in so in this film, he talks about his, you know, having a hard failure when he's young. Then he talks about a different story and be right before Mickey Mouse. But he talked about a different, not so much the first failure, but another story about how he was taking a train ride from Manhattan to Hollywood at, quote, at a time when the business fortunes of my brother Roy and myself were at lowest ebb and disaster seemed right around the corner. And this is talking about when he lost Oswald. And he really, again, went through this unfortunate event that basically had him starting all over once again. For the second time. Again and again and again. And it just, he just kept moving forward. So really, I felt really connected to Walt. But in the same pen, in the same breath, he did, uh, actually, he did send a telegram to Roy telling him basically everything will be okay. Don't worry, everything will be okay, which is definitely true to Walt's character. It's like you just have to push forward. Well, him and his brother Roy had a great uh, friendship and great working relationship where they were opposites. And in business, a lot of people make the mistake of trying to look for people who are just like them, and then they clash. And Roy was this optimist who thought everything was going to be okay and this big dreamer. And then Roy was like more of the reality guy of like, all right, great. I support your big goals and big dreams, but how are we going to make them happen? Right. So he wanted to assure assure Roy that everything was going to be okay. But just, just thinking about the tremendous amount of weight that must have felt like on Walt's shoulders, like the stress and trying to just make sure that everybody, you know, everything is going to be okay, but just completely just being so focused i think he really believed that everything was going to be okay yeah i do i do you're right actually you're right and he had faith like you know we'll figure it out we'll have well well he had faith is what really is the key so really it was then that i really felt the connection to walt disney and this character oswald too because i was thinking wow like i had no idea of this character oswald before mickey i just thought mickey mouse like i thought that that was his first right animated cartoon character you know similar personalities per se but i i really had no idea about oswald and it really connected me because i thought i couldn't imagine you know i 
I could imagine actually, but I, I can't believe after all that he still continued on and it really gave me hope that everything is going to be okay and that you just, like you said, have faith. Right. Um, so anyway, to make a longer story short, I know Bruce is getting kind of <laughs> <laughs> wants to move on here right now. Just kidding. But basically it was that moment that really what we talk about now about slowing down and enjoying the moment, it really changed everything for me. And I saw, got to see Walt Disney World again in a different light than I had ever had before. Maybe it was similar to, I guess, from when I was a little kid, you know, like really just seeing that anything is possible. It kind of gave me that feeling once again. And so during this trip, you know, I really felt a strong connection to Oswald. But I have to point out that the connection became full circle. So I couldn't stop thinking about this bunny and how, my gosh, this bunny could have been Mickey Mouse. Right. You imagine know? if the bunny was Mickey Mouse. I imagine know. if that never happened. But maybe it, it, it had to happen like that for a reason. Totally. Because after that happened and it got taken away from him, he did have stronger... Um, I don't want to say contracts, but people couldn't use it, and he made sure that he had control over Mickey Mouse. That's for sure. It was a totally a, a life lesson in business, I think, and just exactly like you said. Maybe it had to happen like this for a reason, right? You know. Um. So, but I couldn't stop thinking about this bunny, and I, I couldn't stop. But anyway, at one point during the trip, we were you know, all together, we're all happy. But at one point I remember losing focus and I remember being vividly, I can close my eyes and remember this moment so well. And we're at the Magic Kingdom and we're sort of in front of the castle, Cinderella Castle. And I remember the kids starting to bicker about, you know, what attraction we were going to go on next. And I kind of remember kind of getting tangled in their argument and I started to lose focus of the true meaning of why we were there and everything I had read about Walt Disney and how I was trying to appreciate every moment but then it just it it hit me like a ton of bricks I I remember stopping and I I think I shared this on our 100th episode but I just want to go into it a little bit more and now you say that and every single morning when I come downstairs there's a bunny outside (laughs) all right well let me finish because I'm not I'm not I'm not there hold on (laughs) this is the unlocking the magic show okay I'm never supposed to let you finish that's true Go ahead. Okay. Anything else you want to have? To, nope. You want to add? Okay. So I remember. If you're watching at home, I'm holding up my finger, pointing at my wrist. At his imaginary watch. Yes. Okay. Time so, being the signal. Then. Time being the issue and the signal always. Okay. So anyway, I remember just being tangled up in their argument. And then I just remember like taking a deep breath and looking around. And I remember declaring. I. I I must have looked like a crazy person because I really declared it very loudly. And I'm sure other people heard me. But basically, I was telling the kids and maybe the biggest kid, Bruce, um, to stop. And I just basically said, guys. I think we were bickering about something. The kids were bickering about popcorn. Which makes us bicker. Yeah. Or something (laughs) silly. It was something. What attraction we're going on next. People were, they were just like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And that's kind of what we see nowadays a lot. And I try to pull people back away from that is like, stop worrying about what's next. Stop worrying about your Fast Pass Plus. Like, stop and look around. So anyway, I said, I declared loudly, guys, stop. Look where you are. Look how beautiful the landscape. Look how gorgeous the landscape around you is. And at that very moment... The kids shouted, Mom, look. And there was a bunny hopping on the grass in front of the castle. And I just remembered, that's a sign. Oh, my gosh. That's it. Like, 
you know, I needed to be reminded again about this bunny and how we really need to just keep moving forward and everything's going to be okay and just really appreciate everything. And so till this day, there's always these like bunnies. Yeah, they're all over the place. <laughs> that remind us constantly. It all does right. remind me of that. Every time I see a bunny, I think of that moment. You do. I do. I don't it's, see bunnies that much. Like, <laughs> no, I know. This isn't like a It's not like I thing. see bunnies all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I do see them, I do think of that moment. Yeah. And so, again, if you guys can understand, like, what we had gone through and really just kind of knowing that, you know, Walt Disney had all these, you know, failures per se and, you know, things that he had done and, and, and Oswald being one of those. So... Now let's talk, obviously, we got to get into it in more depth because I know you guys are bored of my story. Right. <laughs> but because... No, we're not bored of the story. Truthfully, I've, I've probably said it a thousand times to Bruce, but never really officially announced it to anybody else um, or for the reason why. But anyway, so so Oswald, he does now, every time you... Now I'm going to think of Oswald, I'm going to think of how you must have correlated him with mickey mouse i did so he started from walt did these shorts with alice alice in wonderland and he wanted to do something a little bit different in the studio in the uh the people over who were hiring him to make these shorts wanted him to do a different character so he and albi works who was his longtime animator uh created this new character yes which albi works actually created oswald and mickey so so talented like just masterminds so when you think of walt disney starting if you think about the progression in his career, like he started, he wanted to be an animator. And then the, the the cool thing about Walt Disney is, and the thing that he was great at, is realizing what he is good at and then being able to figure out what other people are good at and putting him in the right position, even if they don't think they're supposed to be in that position. There's a quote, actually, if you go into my favorite book, Walt Disney, an American original by Bob Thomas, there's actually a quote um, of Walt talking about up, and he's basically quoted saying, who I'm willing to put alongside any man in the business today, basically defending the animation of Ub because he just believed so strongly in his creativity and creations. Right. And he did a great job. He created so many things. And he created this this rabbit because there was everything everything up to that point was cats, which I don't know why everybody does, did cats at that point. I wonder why. Like cats were just the thing. It was like the trend. So they created this rabbit, which was Oswald. And they created quickly a short, and they brought it up to Mince, who was the distributor at the time. And they didn't like it. They didn't love it. It, I mean, basically, they had expressed disappointment and, and actually essentially pointing out everything that they hated about, the, about this character. Um, but, you know, Walt definitely definitely said he could make him a younger character and everything but he cautioned against too much a plot or really well it was all gags walt didn't want it to be all gags and i think that's what walt learned and then later used on mickey mouse is that and he even says it in some of the shorts like not his shorts but he says it when you, you hear interviews from Walt. he wanted to give mickey a personality and that's what really made mickey mouse so popular was the fact that he had its own personality so the first short that he made with oswald was about gags and tricks and these things, as Walt Disney would say. Uh, gags and things. and Gags and things. <laughs> the second time he came back, he said, all right, he made the character a little bit more defined when it comes to the visual of it. And then he also made him have a little bit of a personality. And that's when Oswald really caught on. He has said, you know, it's, it's, it's human personalities in the body of a cartoon animal. 
And that's really what Mickey Mouse is. And I think that's what he was trying to do. Right. Would he have done that successfully with Oswald all the way up to Mickey Mouse? Like, could Oswald have been Mickey? I don't think so. And I know a lot of people are going to argue and say maybe in some parallel universe somewhere, it's we're all going to see Oswald. You know, it's like, but I don't know. I think that he learned so many things by failing at this particular thing. I use the term failure as like I lose it use it very lightly. You can hear like my my voice kind of changing when I say that word because I don't feel like they're setbacks. They're not failures. Setbacks, exactly. Like, like failures are only failures if you quit. It, thank you, and or if you believe they are, like you know, like right. If it holds you down to and makes you exactly like, like me quit. reading. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So as. But the thing that made oh. Walt Disney. So great, other than the fact that what I mentioned earlier is that he's got to be one of the best storytellers of all time. Yes. And that's what made Oswald better as he made them more frequently. And then that's what made Mickey Mouse so great is that it wasn't just a character that had gags going on in the shorts. It was the personality in the story that was told through animation that made it so great. And Walt was always obsessed with quality. And that's something that's proven to this day. The Disney company, when you think of Disney, whether it be the Disney Cruise, the Disney Walt Disney World, Disneyland, you know that it's going to be a quality experience. And that's that was super expensive to do and super cutting edge and, and, and difficult to keep up with back in the day when he really started with nothing. And that actually trickled on to the cost of the Oswald cartoons. He basically had to go back and forth to the animators and was super meticulous about everything, which made the cost go super high. But the quality definitely made people and the reviewers, you know, the critics, re- definitely, definitely... Um, love this character, which made him a huge success. Exactly. It did. I didn't even know this until doing the research, but I didn't realize that the the popularity of basically Oswald, like he was one of the first characters to have merchandise. Yeah, it was one of the most popular character cartoons in the 1920s. I had no idea. He had a he had first appeared on a chocolate coated marshmallow candy bar. Yeah, it was the first. That's where. And you'll learn later on, maybe we'll do a follow-up episode of this. That's why he didn't really have control over those things. Well, we'll get into that now. Yeah. So basically, the success was growing, you know, but Walt, you know, was super meticulous about everything of this character and money was rolling in. But at, there was a time where things needed to be, the contract needed to be renegotiated. Yep. As things got more expensive and yeah. they asked for more shorts and he, Walt's team was growing because of the fact that they were doing these more more of these shorts because they were becoming so popular. He needed to expand his business a little bit. Well, at that point, you know, he had hired uh, more artists and the animators really And back were... then everything was done by hand. So it took it took a long time to do these. That's true. That's true. And I think at that point... And again, where I feel a strong connection of this story is while this was all happening and things seemed to be moving up, you know, this character was doing really well and, you know, thing, money was finally coming in. Um, he was growing, like you said, he was he was hiring new animators to come in and help him. This was the time where him and Roy actually built identical houses 
prefabricated de- houses. Which is and cool. Like they work together and they decide to live close to each like, other. I know. Like I just, I am obsessed with their relationship. I think it's super incredible that they were so close and got to work together because. Yeah. And they just, got along. And they got along. Well, not always. You hear stories and you read things and you well, hear stories be, about them yeah. not agreeing on things and having disagreements, which is good. It's like you and I. Totally. All right. So anyway, I just feel like at that point, you know, to, 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 to build houses, like you really are at that point. I'm just remembering myself. It's like you finally feel like things are growing. You can afford to do a little bit more, give your family what they need. Um, and then things suddenly change. So well, he, everything's going great. And he says, you know what? Everything's going pretty good. I'm going to head to New York. I'm going to talk to these guys. Maybe I can get a little bit more money for my folks. So actually this was back in, uh, so this was a trip that him and Lily, he, they took together. Actually, there are stories of him actually taking her on a, like this, making this like part, like a vacation. Yeah, he was so like, he confident. thought this was going to be a great trip. Yeah. Turned out to be a disaster. So he was up there for the renewal, uh, contract renewal negotiations with Mints and Universal. And so, but before he left, actually, Walt actually received news from Ub that there may have been something brewing. But really, Walt didn't believe him. And Ub, I guess, had become suspicious, basically. But I think Walt was so... He's such an optimist, which is a great quality. And But at this time, like, didn't believe anything could possibly be brewing behind it. Not back. only that, but, like, think of the communications at that time. It's, like, 1920s, late right. 1920s. Like, not you like can't now. send someone a text message and be like, hey, <laughs> what's going on over there? It's Just, Walt. Right. <laughs> Just like, think about that for a second. You like, had to take a train from California to New York. It took you, like, four days. Right. <laughs> it wasn't, like... Like, your form of communication was, like, a Western Union. It was, like, a dude on a horse <laughs> with a letter. I mean, that tells you something. Think about... Think about that aspect of it and how far, for instance, I know this is becoming like the Walt Disney show, not so much the Oswald well, show. Well, it kind of goes hand in hand. It does. So anyway, he, he got word that there was something brewing, and he actually contacted Roy when he got to New York and said, hey, let's try to get these guys signed up on contracts, you know? Do whatever you can to get the artists tied up because I don't know what's going on over here, but something seems fishy. Not in so many words. Like, he didn't say it that way. Right. Well, uh, right. But... Basically, when he was negotiating for the new Oswald contract, he basically was offered less for each cartoon, which would mean a loss. So he went there thinking he was going to get more money. Like, that's what his goal was. And he thought that he had Minsk in a good position. Like, he's like, all right, they need me. Like, we're doing these shorts. They're super popular. They're making a lot of money. Let me go in there and get more money. And he goes in there and Minsk is like, you know what? You're going to take less. Yeah. Which would have meant a loss for the studio. Right. What? On- he's like looking around. He's probably in the office like, what? What is happening? What is going on with here? Like, I produce these movies. Everybody loves them. You're making a ton of money. And you want me to take less money? Right. Because Mintz thought that it was just the guys creating the shorts themselves. The physical guys with the pencil to the paper that were doing the job physically that were making these a success. And he's like, you know what? I could probably just take those guys and we'll make our own shorts. So there's a quote of Mint saying, either you come with me at my price or I'll take your organization away from you. I have your key men signed up. Now imagine if Mintz didn't make that decision. If he's like, you know what? He has a little bit more money, Walt. Or just imagine kept in collaborating. where his company would have gone. Well, you don't know. Maybe 
well, I, I am a firm believer on everything happens for a reason. So maybe this would have prevented Walt from really truly becoming what he was. You know, maybe working under somebody like you know this. what? Yeah, I'm sure the way it was set up, this would have, have happened eventually because it probably would have became a little bit more successful. And then at some point, this was going to happen. Right. Because basically all his hard work, I mean, he didn't own any of it. Right. Which He was basically a paid employee. Which was a hard lesson to learn for somebody like him, you know. And so basically he told Lily, he said, I'll never work for somebody else. Which he never did. No, he never did. But it's He never even worked for himself. He made his own new company to start Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, it really, it's a really interesting story for what happened and why, because I, like I, like you said, what, what would have happened if, if Mintz just said, you know, here's more money or here's the same money, you know, maybe Walt would have been happy with that, the same amount of money or whatever, who knows, but maybe, maybe it would have prevented him for doing everything he's done. So Walt ended up not taking the deal. Right. Which he was did, very smart. Yes, in the long run, it actually ended up being a good decision. So then right. he heads back on the long trip back to Los Angeles from New York. And what happens then? So the long train ride back to Los Angeles is when he he decided on a new character, which is Mickey Mouse, which I feel like has a lot of Oswald's uniqueness as well. And it's, a lot of people say it's kind of Walt's alter ego. Hmm. Mickey Mouse. I never, I never thought of it that way before. And he was actually the original voice too. Oh wow! I never. Well, I knew that. I but I never like really put it hand in hand like it's Walt Disney. It says somewhere between Chicago. There's an old. I think there's a there's a video of Walt saying somewhere between Chicago and Los Angeles, he came up with an idea that it would eventually become Mickey Mouse. Wow, it's a really interesting story of him not giving up. I mean, think about it. You've had this successful character. You have so much going on. I mean, you've had all these employees that you thought were loyal to you. And they all just basically abandoned him other than Ub and basically went behind his back thinking, well, he doesn't really own this company. So who am I really working for? So these artists probably selfishly, you know, were thinking of themselves. Right. And their paychecks and their bottom line, of course. Well, Walt was always struggling for money, so... And that's true, you know? And it's hard to be loyal to somebody... If you don't get paid on a weekly basis, because you have a family to support. I'm sure they did. I'm sure, you know, eventually they have to eat and survive, and it's hard to... Imagine that, though. Like, imagine if Walt back then was like, you know what? I'll give you a half a percent of my company. Imagine what that half a percent is worth now. I know. Right, if like, I could get that a time family would have been set for life with a half of percent of the Walt Disney World Company. Yeah, not World Disney World, but the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. It's like the first people at Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Well, there, there is, there is uh, another. So in in this book, um, again, um, an American original, Walt Disney. There is um, basically him talking about this whole scenario, and he does Walt does say, "I really do feel that everything will turn out all right." And he says, also, I believe that whatever does happen is for the best. So that was the end of Oswald with Walt Disney in the beginning of Mickey Mouse. It really was the beginning of everything. But it's definitely something that is a was a, a lesson, you know, for him business-wise. But also, I feel like what an opportunity like if you look back and think okay well why did this happen to you know him or you know but you have to think of those kind of hardships as like 
the you have to kind of pull the good out of them and would have would have he even have thought of mickey mouse without having testing the waters of this cartoon character right you know so maybe not you know maybe not but i look at oswald now and you know it, it was it was a character that i i had no idea this history about you know i just thought when they released him again now i thought oh it was something that what was working on way back when and just never came to fruition i never realized there was actually all this work behind it yeah. and the and then, story and not only that but now oswald's back oswald's back and this is a fun fact that i learned while doing the research for this podcast episode that it says al michaels who is the sports commentator uh, for NBC at the time, was traded <laughs> for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Oh, my gosh. So Bob Iger, who is, is the CEO currently and was the CEO, uh, Al Michaels, the story goes that Al Michaels wanted out of his contract with NBC to join ESPN. Um, no, wait. from I forget which one he went to from which one. But he wanted out of his contract, and he wanted to go to NBC to be with Sunday Night Football. So they got wind of this, and they said, hey, you know what? You can have Al Michaels. We may release him of his contract, but we want the rights to Oswald. And the people at the other company had no idea who Oswald was. Wow. And they're like, who is this Oswald? Wow. And they ended up working out a deal. They got Al Michaels. We got Oswald. And the rest is history, and now he's with the parks. But that, like, think of that. Like, You traded a 70-year-old dude for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. <laughs> like, That's a pretty good deal. That is a pretty good deal. Because that guy is going to get old and retire someday, and Oswald is going to be around forever. Right, right. Well, of course, they they used him in the video game Epic Mickey, which our kids probably was one of the first times they really recognized that character and saw Oswald in action. Yeah, they had so the, no idea. You know, you think about my generation. I didn't really even know about Oswald, let alone, I mean, our kids. Well, our, we didn't really hear about Oswald too much. Now he's in the parks, and you, in like younger yeah. kids know about him because they see him in the parks, and you can... You probably know the story a little bit of that's who was around before Mickey Mouse. But when we were kids, it wasn't. No, not at all. Not at all. And of course, like when we were kids, there was no video game of Epic Mickey. Like that's what I mean. Like our kids remember playing that game. Right. So really, there was no connection with us other than poor Bruce thinking that Oswald was Mickey Mouse early on. (laughs) Sorry about that. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I'm sorry. I think that it's hilarious. So there's not a ton of history with Walt Disney in Oswald because it was pretty short. But... It's significant history. I think it's significant history. It's a story that needs to be told. And what I feel so special about is, again, that story that I can really relate to. And I feel like it's super important to share and just let everybody know, you know, that anything is truly possible. And just because you've found yourself on hard times, it's not the end. You know, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to keep working hard at your goals and your visions and you know don't let anything get in your way and like listen to stories like this one or go read about it because you know when you're going through a tough time it feels like you're the only one that's ever gone through a tough time exactly and a lot of people have gone through tough times maybe tougher than you and they've come out okay so you just have to keep pushing forward so i love that story and the history behind that and i'm glad that we talked about it on the podcast episode today me too i'm glad we finally shared it and i'm glad it's over because it's 40 minutes (laughs) time to go yeah (laughs) 
All right. Well, I want to thank everyone out there for continuing to support us. You guys have no idea. It means the world to us. I want to also thank our sponsor for today's show, Enchanted Escapes Travel. If you're looking to book a vacation to Walt Disney World, Disney Parks, a Disney cruise, be sure to check them out. Let them know their website, Bruce. Enchanted-escapes.com. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And they're actually sponsoring the cruise that we're going on. So if you want to go on a cruise with us in April 2018... I think it's 2018, right? It is, Bruce. Uh, head over to unlockingthemagic.com forward slash cruise. And for the show notes for this episode, we'll be out unlockingthemagic.com. This is episode number 140. And we'll link up that video. Uh, I'll probably put a couple links to some videos in there. The quote from Walt Disney and then the movie from One Man Dream that's no longer there because I really believe that everybody should watch that movie. It's, I think it's only 15 minutes long, but it's 15 minutes well spent. Exactly. That's coming from me. <laughs> right where 15 minutes feels like four hours an eternity <laughs> so thank you for that head over All to right. unlockingthemagic.com for that and facebook.com forward slash unlocking the magic is where we do our live show on monday nights at 8 p.m go like our page you'll get notified when we go live usually around 802 <laughs> that's a good point bruce right yeah and i think that's it what, oh you know what you can support us on patreon and we got a lot of other things coming up on the on the uh, on the blog over there and the podcast coming up so subscribe share the show if you could do that for us that would be humongous and if you want to leave us a review on itunes too we would super appreciate that wow any final words connie no you said thank you (laughs) right see you guys have a great week we'll see you monday night bye everybody if you had it to do over again would you do any part of it differently well if i had it to do over again um i think uh No, I don't think I would. (laughs) I don't know. I hope I don't have to do it over again.